Welcome to my favorite podcast with Noah Marger. Swamp donkey. Some body wants. There you go. Yep, that's enough for that song. Uh, donkey, won't you stay out of my swamp, donkey? Uh, we're making in the morning. We're making waffles. That's how he asks it, though, right? Like, donkey, <laughs> won't you stay out of my swamp? <laughs> well, what else are fa- uh, famous lines from that movie? Um, layers, like, only like an onion has layers, have layers, like an ogre's. <laughs> is the butterfly meme? Is this an onion? Is this an ogre? Is this a layers? That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what else happens in that movie? Uh, um, I, I, wash I said this your at funny games. face. You saw funny. You went to funny games. I so I said this. What I'm about to say. I said this at funny games because one of the like scheduled comedians talked about like misunderstanding something that happened in Shrek. And I can't remember what she said, uh-huh. but it reminded me that when I saw that movie, when I was a kid, when he defeats the like gladiator or like they'd have that wrestling match when he first gets to do or gets to Lord Farquaad, mm-hmm. he says, uh, he's like, like waving at everyone. He's like, thanks everybody. And I thought that he called himself Shrek Laville. Like that was his last name. But he said, everyone try the veal. <laughs> and I that was stuck in my head like that for wow. years until I watched it probably as like a high schooler or something. <laughs> and I said, oh, he's saying try the veal. I thought he was saying his name was Shrek LaVeal. LaVeal, yeah. He's, he's Cajun. <laughs> he's from Dubai. Don't you see him in a swamp? Girl, donkey, get out. I can't even do a Cajun, man. I'm fucked Don't up get out right my now. dang swamp, donkey. I don't know. How you doing down there, donkey? How I do declare, <laughs> donkey. Please stay away from my swamp. Donkey, look- would it be okay if I take a look at your dragon wife's ass real donkey, quick, donkey? Don't you dare sleep with any of my three sisters. <laughs> get your fucking hooves off my wife, Fiona, donkey. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Myers drown fucked- you in my swamp water. <laughs> Mike Myers fucked up by not making <laughs> like a Cajun dandy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's. Like, you know, what if and he's like planting the seed for that with Fat Bastard? So Fat Bastard yes. has to be like a Cajun dandy, and he's like, "Get in my belly, mini me. What are you doing over there, sir? You look like a nice old crawdad from over there, son. <laughs> I'm gonna eat you in one foul bite over there, mini <laughs> me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Don't make me get on my fan boat." <laughs> 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 all right oh look God. folks this movie's good we're not gonna i i'm not i don't want to throw <laughs> this movie out with the bathwater. you know i don't want to say i don't want to i don't want to give the impression that we're not taking this episode seriously we're, so, we are this is how we start every single episode it's of the true podcast. it's so true it's so true i guess we're treating this movie like every other movie we would have treated on this podcast it's true by opening with incredible riffs <laughs> 
<laughs> with opening with us thinking about what if Don, what if Shrek was Cajun? Yes. <laughs> what yes. if what if Fat Bastard was Cajun? <laughs> and to that end, what if Fat Bastard was also Cajun? What if Wayne from Wayne's World was Cajun? Fuck you, I'm drinking Gatorade. Don't do it. <laughs> He's like, Goth, we gotta start airing on national television, Goth. <laughs> uh, I'm in Delaware. <laughs> and then he meets Rob Lowe, and Rob Lowe's like a waspy, the same character. He's the same character. He's like, I really think you guys would make a really good fit over at my network. He's like, well, I do declare, sir, that you're going to have to let me do this my way or the highway, right, Garth? And Garth is just like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. He's Woody Allen yeah, for Woody some Allen reason. Now, yeah. <laughs> he's and some Nebuchadnezzar Jewish guy. I don't Rob- give a fuck. And Rob Lowe is John Michael Higgins in Licorice Pizza. <laughs> oh, you cannot wait for that episode in two weeks. You are chomping at the fucking bit. Hooting and hollering. I am very excited to watch <laughs> Phantom Thread uh, this week. I think that's going to be a nice watch. Although, yeah, that my, is... My, yeah. Girl, my girlfriend and I are trying to watch only horror movies. Horror movies and horror-adjacent movies uh, during October. So, sure. I mean, there's, like, ghosts in that movie, but I don't know if that'll really qualify, so I'll have to watch it on my own, which is fine. What is, what, what, and I, not that I don't know myself, but I'm curious, what would you consider horror adjacent? Well, let me go ahead and go to my list from last year. Okay. And address, and address that. Okay. Uh, where? Would you say it's something that maybe is spooky, but not necessarily scary, or is that a different category? Yeah, I think that. Oh God, pardon me. I think that yeah. qualifies. You're throwing I'm, up. I'm throwing up Gatorade right say. now. I'm throwing up red Gatorade yeah. right now. Uh, the red flavor of Gatorade. Yeah, it's my favorite. Here it is. Wing 2021. Okay. We watched Houseu. Watched yep. Alien. Yep. Yep. Ravenous. Okay. Coraline. Yep. Creep. Yep. Old. Okay. Little Shop of Horrors. Okay, that's I, that's horror adjacent. Exactly. That's a really good example of right? horror adjacent. Yeah. Yes. The Vanishing. Yep. Here's another one. Hubie Halloween. Horror adjacent. Spooky vibes. Yes. The Rocky Horror. Speaking, of, speak, speaking of Cajun, we got the real life Cajun man <laughs> being brought up. Garcon. <laughs> Cajon. Shrek. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mike Myers. Can't believe you snuck that back in so so deftly. Yeah, it was one of it's one of the best things I've ever done. I think it's pretty it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, so yeah, we horror adjacent is we know what it is. Yeah, I'm just gonna round out my list. Rocky Horror Picture Show, Frank and Weenie, the live action yep. version with Daniel Stern and Shelley Duvall, The Happening, Vampires Kiss, Titan, Little Monsters, The Adams Family. We also watched The Adams Family Values um, and Malign- both are good. Yeah, Malignant. Starring dear friend Dan Ramos and Muppets Haunted Mansion, which is bad. So let's yep. let's move on from that. There are so there's a lot of different Muppet movies, mm-hmm. like feature length films. I'm actually gonna go out on a limb and say most of them are good. I believe that. Yeah. I, I I've seen Muppet Treasure Island. I have not seen that. Not in a long, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I as a kid, I remember thinking this is cool. Muppets from Space, I still think is like a really solid flick. Very I really cool. do have a soft spot for Muppets from Space in my heart. Nice. Have uh, seen. the Muppet movie. 
Exact classic. Seen that one. It's pretty good. I don't know why that movie falls apart for me somewhere in the middle, but then it, it kind of get, gets me again with Orson Welles. Kermit. <laughs> I can't Kermit. Do it. <laughs> Kermit. I, I got to I saw you load that one up excitedly. And I don't 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 sell yourself short, but I I would I would say I really appreciate the enthusiasm of like I'll do an Orson Welles right now. I'm trying to even imagine he would be like Kermit. No, that's not even what he's Kermit like. and I'm, Miss Piggy are out on the prowl and I don't know. <laughs> can't do it. We're just going to he'll here this is this is how he sounds, right? This is how he sounds. He goes like Kermit, what are you doing over there, Kermit? Who done did this to my outhouse? <laughs> Why aren't you laying pop to that pig wife of yours right now, Kermit? <laughs> so that's interesting. <laughs> that's sort of an interesting one. That's interesting. Uh, welcome to my favorite podcast. This is a podcast about people's favorite things. I'm the host of the show, whether you like it or not. No, a marger. Probably not. Um, let's int- uh, Rocky. Huh? Huh? Rocky. What? Is my co-host and we're coming in the we're coming into the last few episodes here. This is the fourth to last episode. So, Rocky. The final stretch, folks. We are in the final stretch. It's going to be over before you know it. We're going to have a not on Halloween send-off, but by the time uh, the actual day of Dia de los Muertos uh <laughs> rolls around, this podcast will be also approaching the afterlife so how you doing though pal you had a birthday yesterday it was my birthday yesterday and i feel sleepy so you might hear me doze off a little bit throughout this episode yeah while i'm freaking talking yeah uh, what's new what's new hey come on i give the show 100 percent every time You give this show 100% cumulative throughout the last couple episodes. Yeah. 10% every For the week. rest of it, yeah. Yeah, that's you, bitch. Uh, yeah, you got me. That's me. The audience agrees. I'm a, I'm a dud. This is a one-time thing only. <laughs> the audience, agree- audience agrees. Rocky Pajarito, you're fired, bitch. <laughs> After- Rocky, I've had so much fun doing the podcast with you, but you're fired. Rocky, you're the best person I ever met. I love you. You're fired. Rocky, I'm sorry you couldn't make your pet business work of <laughs> shitting, on, shitting on the ground and mailing it to people work. You're fired. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Yeah, that was so sad. You lost to um, Tom Green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you lost to Tom he Green. He deserved it. He, th- he fought real hard. Yeah. Um, let's I, introduce the uh, sound alerts. Or we should, we, no, let's talk about your birthday still. Yeah, I told you I got some free ice cream before we started recording. Yeah, that's awesome to me i guess i don't want to put this on blast for all fifty thousand of our viewers listeners but yeah uh if you if you're if it's your birthday and you're near a jenny's ice creams you'll get three free scoops for your birthday so huge hack huge hack after that we went to the amc burbank 16 and ordered some islands french fries let's go i got those french fries and i put them in my girlfriend's backpack and we went inside the theater to watch smile with a packed audience. Oh! Had a lot of fun. That was great. Someone someone screamed during, like, the build-up to an actual movie-like moment. Like, in the theater, like, screamed. And everyone was oh, wow. caught off guard and, like, was, like, kind of mad a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was a little bit fucked up at this person. It was fucked up because it was, like, you know, it, it was so arrhythmic to the movie's, 
you know, it's a horror movie. So it's obviously, kind of funny, actually. It's it is. Kind of a troll. I agree. I think it's really smart, honestly. But it was also kind of a dickheaded move. But I do think that, like, you know, in watching a horror movie or like me covering both my ears and kind of wincing my eyes because I'm scared of what's yeah. going to happen on screen. Um, there's clearly a rhythm to these things. And you can, like, if you, like, read into movies, you can, like, hear the, how the soundscape is being manipulated. And you can 1, hear, like, percent. the music slowly dying down and being like, they're going to get a, a jump out of me in less than five seconds. And it usually happens. But this movie was pretty... Like, you know, a little bit of it was kind of like, you know, familiar, but there's some parts that were pretty playful, too, because it is kind Agreed. of jump scare the movie. So it, it does feel like all bets are off and like, you know, anything could happen in any second, which it sometimes did do that. And it was cool. Some really great, um, like, effects work at the end of that. Oh, my thing. God. I, I, I was literally I mean, I do. I literally kind of cover my ears and close my eyes when I get scared in the movies. And sure. as soon as that shot happens, the close-up shot of what you're talking about, yeah. I literally went eyes wide open and just kind of stared at the screen with awe. I was just like, really? It, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I was I was pretty happy with those two shots that we're talking about. Near yes. The that I was just like, yeah. I, I kind of can't, because I feel like a lot of horror movies never really have the guts to actually find catharsis in something like that visually. It like felt like something totally. out of like, like an anime, like Evangelion or like Attack on Titan. Or 100%. Where I was like, yes, wow, they yes. actually had the guts to make something look horrifying. Like a, like a um, yes. Junji Ito. Uh, uh, yeah, the guy who made like... Um, yes, Junji Ito. Yeah, exactly. It, it was it was really, really cool. And uh, that movie's kind of cheap in a lot of regards. But yes. it's, it's also, I don't know, uh, respect. I also learned the director's a Chapman grad like us, so that's kind of fucked up to me. Is that true? According to Sergio Zachu's review on Letterboxd, Parker Finn is a Chapman graduate. Well, congrats to Parker Finn then. I mean, I saw that movie also this la this past weekend, uh, but not on my birthday mm. with Fe with Fed and Olivia, <laughs> sleepy Fed, and downright nasty Olivia. <laughs> uh, we saw that at the. You want to take a guess which AMC? The Universal City Walk. Oh, you're so close, but I'm gonna tell you, it was the Glendale Amer Americana. Ooh, Eighteen. Nice, nice, yeah. fun. Which here's a little hack for you. The Glendale AMC and the Grove AMCs are nicer because they were retrofitted from Pacific theaters. Yeah, that's true. So if you want an AMC that's a little bit nicer than what you would expect an AMC to be, go to the Grove or go to the Americana. I would dare say go to the Americana because I feel like, but this has a caveat, um, the oh. like last four times i went to the grove something wrong occurred <laughs> at the really? theater yeah but i think this is also during construction because the actual last time i went to the grove to see a movie it was to see avatar in 3d and the imax theater was open like the the big one they were constructing in the lobby next to the concession stand was finally open oh so i'm wondering if since that's done now there's going to be less like chaos because, like, before that Avatar screen, the three or four times I went with my girlfriend to that AMC and at the Grove, something would just, there's always some weird error going on. One being, interesting. they canceled our movie and let everyone go in anyway and get their concessions. And um, they, that sucks. Yeah, it was really bad. We went to see Marcel the Shell with shoes on. We got our, they let us in. We got our popcorn. We get into the theater. It's the last five minutes of the movie. And, a small handful of people like us were just like, what the fuck is happening? And then we, someone comes in wow. like very late and is just like, Hey, all the movies are canceled for tonight. Sorry. Cause like someone pulled a fire alarm. 
That's so, so weird. Yeah. We had two full sodas and a bucket of popcorn <laughs> full. And we were just like, all right, what do we do now? And then as we were waiting Jeez. outside trying to figure out what to do, some woman with her friends snuck up on us was like, what would you guys do if we stole your popcorn right now? <laughs> and then we had to explain to them Cringe what alert. happened. And they were like so apologetic. But then we drove Damn. to the fucking Burbank 16 to go see Marcel the Shell of Shoes on. Um, and then another time the butter machine wasn't working and there was no one giving us butter cups from behind the thing because, uh, it was also really busy. And these are all issues that matter. And, uh, I feel like I'm a victim here. So that's so interesting though, that you've had those issues there because I genuinely feel like that's a better AMC. I, you know, I, I, I get you and I believe you and I've had great experiences there in the past, but yeah, for some reason recently it was, it was just kind of going crazy, but also retail sucks and organizing a theater is very hard. I'm sure. But also I, I saw Barbarian at the, the Glendale and it was just a lovely experience. That's just a great theater. Yes. I, I don't go there that, often. And that was just a really nice, nice time. If you're not like in Northeast LA or Glendale, that theater is like kind of a pain in the ass to get to, sure, yeah. but every time I go, it's great. And Another L.A. hack, park in the Glendale Galleria parking lot, take the short trip from the Glendale parking structure to the Americana at Brand. No, you don't have to pay for parking. You make twice the mall, too. You know, you get you get, you get get everything there. You get to enjoy the Galleria. The hot dog and- on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> the hot dog on a stick. My favorite fucking restaurant at the Glendale Galleria. I love their hats and I love their shirts. <laughs> I love going outside the Grove AMC trying on those funky hats. Ooh, mama. They got that corn dog husk with cheese inside it. That was my idea. <laughs> that was my idea as president, was to do that at Hot Dog on a Stick. First once, thing I did. Hey, once this country comes back, we're doing the fucking fried cheese on a stick, motherfucker. I put my hand on the Bible, and I fingered it, and then I said, okay, let's get down to brass tacks. <laughs> I'm pardoning I'm pardoning Jeff Bezos right away <laughs> for everything he's ever done. I love that guy so much. He was in trouble. Um, he's pardoned. He's gone. He's pardoned. It doesn't matter. He's all good. Um, I'm sorry to hear that you've had bad experiences of late at that Grove one. I genuinely think that that is one of the better AMCs. Uh, thanks. I'm traumatized, but thanks. Yeah, no worries. I'm um I'm invalidating your trauma from the AMC experiences, which is fine and normal of me to do. Um, let's introduce the sound alerts real quick, <laughs> so you. that everyone knows what they are when Go they happen. <laughs> uh, this one is uh, special to me. Rocky will probably hate it, but here we go. Okay. Oh fuck this! <laughs> <laughs> That's one. What is that? Who's that from? That is uh, from Freedom. Scott oh. Ackerman yelling at uh, Paul F. Tompkins and Lauren Lapkus. It's like one of the that. best moments in the entire show's history. Then there's this one. Oh, back to school. Back to school. To prove to dad that I'm not a fool. That's a really good one. Billy Madison. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Then we got a classic. Clamming in your windows. He's matching your people up. It's good. Oh wow, you, you kind of blue balled us there. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's that's all we that's all we need on that one. Okay. And then of course, last but not least, maybe the best one, and maybe we'll just be here forever now. I love that I just found this clip. Nice cock. Very good. Very good. Is that like Wii bowling? <laughs> it's it's a Wii bowling mod that someone was able to get him to say, Nice cock. Nice. I like that. 
Huge, huge mommy milkers. <laughs> <laughs> just you get a strike, you get you get a spare yeah. or something, and it just says huge bazongas. Poor asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Bleached cum. <laughs> God. Bleached cum. God. Rocky, you and I also spent some time together on your birthday yesterday. We went to Family Arcade. That's true. I went to the Family Arcade on Vermont in Los Angeles. It was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. We beat House of the Dead and realize that the ending of that game is bullshit. Uh, it is bullshit, and it's it's a perfect look at uh, capitalism, late stage capitalism in America. And that's why, for the rest of this five hour episode, we're going to talk about Marxism. <laughs> we're talk about, yeah, we're going to do some praxis on this by talking about a movie that PTA made that I don't think has ever had a full episode devoted to it in the history of podcasts. I be- I'm not, I can't verify that, but I believe there's that. a solid chance you're right about that. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But Rocky, I, think, I, I gotta ask you the question that's on everybody's brain. Huh? Huh? What was going on in your life when Junin came out in 2015? This is crazy, actually. I am looking at my letterbox review because we're now at a point where I'm like, we're in like the timeline of our lives of these PTA movie releases. I'm fully on letterbox now at this point. This is like I am now oh, an yeah. active user. And I, I logged this movie in 2015 on October 9th. Oh, shit. That's literally what is that? Seven years from today? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Really Amazing. wild. Yeah. I gave it a four star. And Congrats. at this point, actually, yeah, hold on. Let's see. What did I watch before this? Right before it, I watched The Corpse Bride with my then girlfriend. I've never seen that, actually. It's fine. I I, I, I love um, Danny Elfman and stop motion animation. I'm sure I'd enjoy watching it again. And then after this, I watched Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Wow, same day. Don't like that one. Fuck. To be honest with you. I It's got, it's got, it's, I, I like it. I like it, unfortunately. Okay. Um, But... Okay. Yeah, this movie was released on Mubi as an exclusive, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. Yes. And this was, was like, we were all, you know, in PTA fever because Inherent Vice had just come out. And I was just kind of like ready for more. And I was so excited that he made a kind of like mini feature. And so I was like really stoked to watch this and check it out. Um, but yeah, I was a sophomore transfer at Chapman University. At Let's this go. point. And so I was like, um, you know, I had just joined the improv team, which had is apparently in hindsight, a very formative moment in my life because of who I work with now these days. Um, and I was making short films still before I turned into a full screenwriting student. And uh, I'm pretty sure the day before this, actually, I just saw Dan Deacon live in concert for the first time at Tenacious oh, D's. Oh, my God. Tenacious D's Festival Supreme. Um, and I had just turned, I believe it just turned 21 for this one, actually. Let's go. So I had like kind of my first legal drink at this, which was a vodka and monster. <laughs> or as some like to say, your first beer ever. My first beer ever. It's true. Um did you say vodka and monster? Is yeah, that what you I said? I think so, yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's was it. As someone who doesn't drink at all, that even that is gnarly. That's crazy. I, I love monster. What can I say? 
Um, but yeah, this was a pretty formative week for me, I guess, because I saw one of my future favorite artists of all time live, and he kind of blew my mind. And also, was that, did you have any recollection or any knowledge of who that was before you saw him? Yes, because the When I Was Done Dying video came out in March this year. Okay. And I was like, that is a very cool thing. And then the album came out and I listened to it a little bit and I was like, these are all pretty good songs. But I was, it was, I was a very casual listener. And then I, I we went to, uh, me and my friend Michael went to Festival Supreme, Michael Nardiello, shouts out. And he was on the lineup and we we're just kind of looking for things to do. I actually have the lineup right here. And, are you serious? That's yeah. nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, oh shit. He really does have, that's crazy. Wow, the, Congratulations. The, the big three. We're at this Festival Supreme. That is okay. the men from Windy City Heat. Perry, Car- Perry. Perry, Don, and Mole had their own slot at this show. Doing like music or doing stand-up doing, or just like a booth? I think like three-person comedy bits, basically, I think. Um, what the heck? Yeah. So, let's see. Dan Deacon is... Wow. Did you go and see Perry in the flesh? I didn't see him. I think, you know what? I'm actually surprised if we did see him because around this time, let's see. I think we got there just as they were starting because we missed, well, we missed so many things. But we saw DJ Doug Pound. I remember that because he was okay. having technical difficulties. And then we might have gone to see, We maybe we did see the big three. I do vaguely remember seeing them on, on stage. Um, but, oh, we also saw Neil Hamburger maybe a little bit. And then after that, dude, this sounds like a cool ass. F- I've oh, never heard of this I festival. I miss before. Festival Supreme so much. They only did two, and they were wonderful. And I wish they do them again. The Adult Swim festivals have been okay in comparison, but okay. the this these were really well booked and were really fun to attend. But where was this festival at held? the uh, Shrine Auditorium uh, f- Fairgrounds? Yes. Yeah. Nice. So okay, in the, really, that's a good spot in the theater and also the like the grounds outside. There was like one stage okay. on one side, one stage on the other side. Food in the middle, and nice. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, but the biggest, uh, yeah, the biggest uh, watches I guess were there's Tenacious D doing a jazz set. But I nice. remember watching specifically Rocket from the Crypt, which is a good band, but their let their set was kind of weird, and the lead singer is kind of weird. Um, yeah. Andrew WK, I remember I distinctly okay. wanted to go see Andrew WK, and Big then we like hung out and got pizza while the darkness played, and Mystery Science Theater three thousand was on the inside. Um, wow, Super Dave Osborne was at this. Holy Whoa! Shit. Yeah, that is nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. And then after they got a lot, that's like, that's a pretty eclectic lineup, it's, to be honest. It's like, all, that's pretty nuts. All over the place. Tim mentioned, you got Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine. Amy Poehler and Aubrey Plaza were doing individual solo sets. Um, Caper Land and John Early. Dan Harmon was wow. there. Wow. Toby Huss had a set. That's crazy because he's not a comedian. <laughs> he's like, who is, to, I don't know, who is Toby Huss? Toby I don't Huss even is know that an name. amazing character actor that you've heard many times on King of the Hill because he plays Khan and um cotton, oh sure and cotton and some other people he's great okay. he's on Rito 911 as a recurring character anyway but yeah after the darkness you know the darkness is fun they played i believe in a thing called love it was a good time everyone loves that track yeah i was like i'm i do want to watch dan deacon perform i think so mm-hmm. and the kids in the hall were performing across the way and i was like i like them but i don't have the familiarity the previous right. year the state had a reunion and that was the kind of like big sketch headliner. So I wow. watched that. Okay. But, but this time I was like, I think I'll go see Dan Deacon instead. And then he just blew me away. He had a drummer. He had his drummer, Jeremy Hyman, with him. And they just sounded amazing. 
and it was like holy shit it was dude. over from there i got a shirt afterward and it was great and then and then uh andrew wk wished me a happy birthday on my facebook post about it which is very sweet that's so what a fucking amazing little sequence for you it was pretty great and then i think i smoked weed for the first time like within that like within a week of before oh my or after God. that yeah it was a very 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 crazy formative time <laughs> And all in all the all the while, PTA releases Junun as his mini feature. It's so true, a fifty-minute documentary feature. It's really crazy that I mean that's a lot going on on behind behind the scenes yeah, on that one. I know, right? Um, so this was twenty. This was like probably like this was fall twenty fifteen when this one gets released, right? Yes, yeah. So I'm just starting out my freshman year at. Uh, an unnamed film school That's in Southern wild. California. You just started, um, man. I was just starting, and I hated yeah. being at Chapman yes, University. Bro. I'll say it. I hated being there. Hated not being – I hated the people of Southern, from Southern California. I was like, why is everyone here a dickhead? Why is everyone, mm-hmm. like, unfriendly? <laughs> like, it was – you know, it sounds kind of lame to say it now, but it really was culture shock to me as yeah. a kid from the Pacific the suburbs, Pacific Northwest – going down to Orange County, which at the time was still more or less a conservatively, you know, based county and had only, I think only within the last, like, few years has flipped the other direction, at least on a, like, voting sense of the word. Sure. But it was such culture shock to me, and I was just hating it, and I was so homesick the entire year, and I contemplated dropping out of Chapman and just doing other shit, and I'm really glad I didn't, to be honest with you. That was, like, the big saga, basically, for me of all freshman year was, do I come back sure. or not, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. so glad that I decided to come back, ultimately. But I didn't see Jonan uh, at the time. I didn't even – I honestly don't even know if I knew about it, to be completely honest <laughs> with you. I think at that time my priorities were a lot – focused on just trying to be in school and trying to like meet other people and like do shit you know sure um but at that time i think i had seen most of pta's movies at that point i hadn't seen heart eight and i hadn't seen inherent vice but i always knew that junin was sort of this special pet project of his that ultimately did have some legs Mm -hmm. because it did get a digital release and was a little bit bigger than a uh than anything that we covered in the short form episode. Right. You know, it was a little bit more substantial than that. Johnny Greenwood is, you know, a major player in the whole thing. It premiered at the New York Film Festival. Like, I knew that it was had more legs than just, oh, this is like a fun music video or, oh, this is like a fun thing that he did. Like, this is like a, a work of art. This is a piece that he made. And so I knew that as a PTA completionist, I would watch it one day, but it was never like... I have to see this right now. Right. Like I just knew that one day I'm going to check this off the list. And I kind of knew what it was going to be. And I was just like, all right, if I want to chill out and watch some guys jam, mm-hmm. then this is the movie to watch. And it was more or less exactly what I thought it would be, save for some amazing drone photography of India, yeah. which kind of blew me away. Like There's spots in this where you just get to see – India from like a bird's eye view or at least whatever part of India that they were in. Mm -hmm. And it was breathtaking to see some of those drone shots, but that's more or less my history with it. This is my first time having seen it. And I know that technically I've said, I've seen every PTA thing, but this is technically my first time seeing Junan. Um, So now I've seen all the features quote unquote, I've seen all the narrative features previously. And now I've seen the doc feature, the one doc feature. Welcome to the club, man. 
Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. That's funny. I like that. Um, but yeah, now you've, you've you've capped it off. There's no more new. There's no more new Philip Philip Seymour Hoffman. Paul Thomas Anderson for you. Nice car. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, bro. Uh, should we just dive? Uh, should we just? What do we think? Should we just dive into this or? I mean, I guess, like, I would think that was just the first thing that comes to mind with this is that the music is just, I mean, superb. Oh, it's wonderful. Like, the actual music that is being performed by these people, which is 75% of the movie, maybe even more than that, you know, Mm -hmm. is just delicious. You could just listen to this film if you wanted to. It would be amazing. I was going to say, I know several people who, when I bring this movie up to them, they're like, I haven't seen it, but I listened to the album and it's really great. It's like this this yeah. this album kind of exists really well on its own outside of this movie, which I mean, it's true. This music is really really great stuff. It's um, God, it's uh Johnny Greenwood, Nigel Godrich, and um, what's his name? Shy Benzer. Shy Benzer, and then there's a name for the collective that they play with. Um, God, it's it's yeah. on Spotify if you look it up. I, I I'm, a, I'm a silly man. But yeah, it's like a really, really good album with some great percussion and rhythms and chants and horns, amazing horns. The musicians in this, like to see the horn players in this do their thing is so exciting. That opening sequence in particular, the like spinning circle shot, I think is like kind of the peak of the movie, except for when they when they go into town and they get their harmonium uh like retooled and repitched and also buy a synthesizer and stuff like that shit is awesome to me. Um, but yeah. I have the uh, yeah. I have the name of the ensemble here. They call themselves the Raj- Rajas Rajasthan Express. Yes, I believe is how you that's, say that. that is that's correct. That that sounds right. Um, yeah, all great. And this thing is just a really cool portrait of watching people kind of create musical alchemy and like find yes. find things together and uh, you know like get rhythms down and then like. You know, the kind of like the, the the quiet realization when like 12 musicians all are finally in sync and have the song like, you know, it's like they're all like yes. spinning plates suddenly. And like, but this, the plates create one big image or something like that. It's a very um, uh, wild sensation that I think you see a little bit of in some of PTA's heroes work with musicians and filming musicians, uh, Jonathan Demme. Yes. And I think that a major influence for this movie probably is Stop Making Sense and 100% other photography, maybe like The Last Waltz or something too. But like, yeah, that's absolutely where this comes in. And I think it's a really cool thing. And I'm also, I'm just remembering this and I'm wondering if it's going to be in the goofs section of IMDb. Yes. <laughs> the goof section. The, Let's go. The trivia. This, this might be one of your fast facts, Noah. And I think I'm going to steal it. I'm really sorry. It's okay, you're stealing it, that's okay. All right. Much of Paul Thomas Anderson's filming equipment was caught up in customs at the airport, and he was forced to use the small camcorder in his bag and his producer's drone for filming all of his shots. Anderson would reference this in his acceptance speech at the 2015 Spirit Awards when he told the audience to not patronize the event's sponsor, American Airlines, because they will lose your fucking luggage. I'm serious, it happened to me. Wow, I didn't know that last part. That's funny. But yeah, this movie, probably in another universe that's not too far from ours, would have looked like... Heim's Valentine short film. A hundred percent. You know, yes. it would have been and that's, like, and that's, and that's like the, that's, that's the telltale sign of an amazing filmmaker is even when he doesn't have the tools that he would expect to have. And he has tools. He just doesn't yes. have the nice, the nice studio cameras. Really. He has the other tools, but even then that spinning shot, 
the ability to know where to put the camera. I mean, you can't really teach someone that that is a innate instinct. That is, that's the artist at work knowing, okay, I don't have my normal shit, but I can still make this thing good. Yeah. You know, and that's the mark of like a true artist. Yeah. And this is kind of an artist almost at play even too. Like it is so interesting. I love there's a shot where they're like in the dark and he's like filming a wide shot of the group in in another room through a doorway playing. And the music starts ramping up and getting really, really good. And then you can feel and see PTA picking up the camera and rushing over to readjust the shot from a closer angle. Yes. And there's like a literal, I wrote this down, it actually feels like the embodiment of a fly on the wall during a during a creative process. Totally. And, and it's like, because he's just kind of hanging out and running around. And also, you know, this is like the second thing that PTA shot digitally, I think. Um, not in, uh, the other one being the um dirk diggler short film he shot when he was in high school which i believe was on digital cameras yes true i think this is this is his first professional digital form right exactly yeah also not excluding the scenes of boogie nights that take place in the limousine but yeah this is like sure this is a very playful usage of digital filmmaking and i'm glad that he kind of keeps a good spirit about it because yeah even when he's playing with the drones you see everyone waving at him it's like it's yeah it does have this like we're all hanging out and trying stuff out feeling to it like he's as much of a member of the jam session as they are because he's jamming it out with whatever equipment he can have too and it's, and in a way he is and in a way he's part of it but he's the part of it that like i you know if you're ever like involved in something there's always those people who sort of like filter in and out of like a project you know and he's this time he doesn't get to take center stage he is truly capturing these other people and i have a feeling that when they would break and when they would stop filming they would probably be like who is that who is that guy (laughs) like filming us like he's the he's not the focus here yeah and a lot of the times he is the focus Mm -hmm. of his projects whether it's in uh, the critics making him the focus or whether he's demanding the focus, but he's not here. It's really him taking a, he's laying back in the cut as they say, and he's sitting in the control booth and he's letting them fucking cook. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool to let him sort of lean back in that way. And he's letting himself lean back. And obviously he has those limitations of the equipment we wanted to use. Didn't, didn't arrive. We have these, you know, consumer grade electronics and just people around and stuff. And, you know, this is loose. This is, this is whatever. Um, and it's so cool that he's adapting mm-hmm. like that in that situation as truly, you know, we've said it a lot, but a sort of prince of Hollywood in certain ways, yeah. you know, he's not wearing the robes in this one. He's mm-hmm. wearing the, he's wearing the common man's clothes, so to speak. And I do think it's interesting. I agree with that. And I love the consumer grade technology kind of feeling of this entire movie, especially when they go to town and are getting these like toy grade synthesizers and are totally like, you know, busting them open and putting like the huge D batteries in them and whatever or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I love that this movie's desire, like what, like what the intent of this movie isn't as like grand as something as Magnolia, you know, it is very, yes. you know, aware of, I, I even referenced this in my review, I think of like Chronicles of a summer, 
and um, Symbiose Psycho Taxiplasm, just these like super 70s, low-key documentaries that are just about talking to people and observing them and stuff like that. And I, Or even something like uh, a D.A. Pennebaker's Cash Recording of Company that, or something yes, like that. Very, yes, that's absolutely in line with this for sure. Maybe a little yes. less a little less tension-filled, but you know, still yes. super exciting and electric, especially when the music is like finding itself and finding an identity and it coming to life, essentially. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the, uh, if that's the cocaine version of Junan, <laughs> yeah. this is, this is the, uh, psychedelics version of cast recording of company. There you go. Yes, exactly. A very, very polite, uh, like mushroom trip, I guess, maybe it's, yes. it's not intimidating in the slightest. It's very lovey dovey. It's very warm and inviting. Yeah. Oh, and also, I mean, like the people he does bother talking to in this thing are like, it's like yes. just little glimpses. Cause a lot of it is just observing musicians and singers, like finding their pitch and finding their rhythm and the things they're trying to do. But occasionally he'll chat with folks and he's like, you know, it's almost like I want more, but it's also yeah. like, I don't need more in a weird way. Like it is, it, there's, there's a man that I want to shout out and I went and I specifically looked for his name in the end credits. Sure. Uh, I call him the relaxing man yes, in my notes, yes. but his name is Nathu Lal Solanki, okay. is I believe how you would say that. And he, we'll talk about him when we get to the awards and categories, but that man has it figured out. That man is so at peace with life and God. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. He's found a, a, a Nirvana or Zen or something very, very well true. And yeah, he has an amazing line that he says. I can, we can save it for the quotes or whatever, like the best line. Let's, the let's say, let's save it for best line. Cause I think we have the same. Totally. Line. But it is such a funny and beautiful kind of little tidbit that he says. Uh, but then there's also the man who has an instrument that's gone through seven generations of his family. And it's made yeah, that's of like, nuts. you know, like mango tree and goat hair and stuff like that. Like it's, yeah, it's just like these little human, like humanity glimpses that PTA takes occasionally. But he's also very interested in watching sparks and colors come from nothing out of nowhere when people yes. have their instruments and can suddenly just kind of like create language with each other. And I think, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I think it's a perfect length of a movie, you know, like it, it is. Yes, it is. I, I don't want to use this word uh, incorrectly, and I feel like I can't think of like something else that fits it uh, better. It is like appropriately empty for like the like for a lot of it. It's like sure. it is just like it is. It almost feels like B footage that like it's almost like we don't kind of need to see this, but it is like you're like laying on the ground in this room and you're just like listening to the musicians and you're like kind of falling asleep or whatever. Like it creates yes. a very specific, beautiful feeling of like slow cinema in like a maybe less taxing dramatic way or whatever it is just this 100 percent. yeah it's it's extremely relaxing this is i you know i pop this on after our sweaty arcade session <laughs> yesterday <laughs> and i was like fuck i have shit to do this evening but i'm falling asleep to this like i feel relaxed i feel very at peace watching this and i really like that uh sort of dramatically if you can even use that word or even like narratively it ends with a performance mm -hmm. it ends with a like live performance of a this is what we've been working toward this is what we've been doing now let's go do it for everyone else and you don't really get to see a lot of the concert but you get to see that it happened and that's just nice knowing that okay you know practice 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 we're gonna nail this we're gonna record the album now we're going to go do it in front of people. And it's this nice little payoff for everyone involved. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's a payoff. And then it is kind of this like, you know, 
wrapped up like okay on to the next thing whatever i'm going to be doing or like whatever life yes. i'm going to live now it reminds me of like i don't like because like hal ashby or like the last detail where it's like all oh, the plot's done and now we just move on with life kind of thing exactly yeah. exactly it's really it is a really if you've never seen this and you love pta check it out yeah it's 50 minutes of your life you're gonna if you like pta you're gonna like how it's done you're gonna like the music this is i'm glad that i finally got to see it and if you want to you know make a pta day out of it watch this and then watch the heim valentine stuff Mm -hmm. and then go back and watch the fiona apple music videos like give a give him a little music retrospective if you want to make a full event out of it but uh this is sort of the you know this is sort of the train if we want to talk about pta's career as a whole he was doing a lot of music stuff in the Coke era, as you put it, in the Boogie Nights, Magnolia, and then leading into the Punch Drunk Love stuff. And he doesn't do quite as much, uh, you know, like up until then. But then he starts working with Joanna Newsom a lot in and around the Inherent Vice stuff. This feels like him locking in more to his vibe as he continues to progress in age. Yeah. And so it's another one of those little benchmark moments of the, oh, you know, you used to be you know, crazy fucking, you know, off the wall energy guy when you were starting out and you can see the energy start to interact differently as the career goes on. And it's just another benchmark of that. So yeah. if you want to look at PTA on the whole and you want to do that whole thing, I just did it for you there. So you're welcome. Good job. They, they The audience appreciates Thanks. that. But yeah, this is literally, I feel like the bridge into him, like filming Radiohead playing in his backyard in, uh, by campfire and then eventually Valentine comes out. And then, like, now we're in this yes. weird new phase of him being kind of this, like, you know, guru elder statesman of, of sorts for indie film and whatever. Uh, yes. And, yeah, like, maybe Phantom Thread was kind of, you know, the bridge away from the, I guess, that would be punch drunk love through Inherent Vice kind of stretch or something. It would be, it would be the, yeah. Ma- yeah, I guess the master and Inherent Vice in themselves are kind of a stretch because of the time it need, that needed to be taken between There Will Be Blood and The Master. But yeah, yes. it's definitely, uh, you're right, a uh, historical beginning for the next part of his career. And I've said it before when I talked about Heim uh, Valentine in our short form episode, but this to me is where you see the Demi influence the most in PTA. Mm-hmm. Not just in what he's deciding to do, but how he's deciding to capture these things in this kind of era. You have this, which is, I think, a great example of the Demi influence. You have Heim Valentine, which I think is a great example of the Demi influence. And then you have I what I would imagine the, you know, um, uh, like the well, I guess the like the the the, the Radiohead stuff and like the the daydreaming stuff and the stuff that he's sort of doing right following this has that sort of demi quiet intensity, but also like loving hand touch feel to it, especially with those close ups, you know. Yeah. So I think this this to me is where you get to see that side of him come out the most For sure. personally. So if you like swimming in that pond, this is a great area of the pond to check out. Yeah, there is a spirit and warmth to the Demi thing that you can feel through Oz movies. It is the warmth that we talk about, for sure. Yes. But I also think that this is kind of one of his first movies where we really deal with real people. Like, like you know, Demi would cast non-actors all the time and they'd bring this outsider alien energy to something that is supposed to be much more controlled something that pta would usually be having a lot of control over or whatever um so this is kind of a cool 
um, experimentation for him for to actually be capturing life that he is not organizing himself with painstaking detail, which he's very good at. Again, he's like very good at homework. Yes. He's very good at recreating worlds, recreating times, creating spaces for characters mentally and physically. And this is such a cool um, place to find him in where he's an outsider and he is not the center of attention. And you see him and you see his brain working a little bit as a filmmaker, as he like adjusts and recreates and, you know, makes every single decision on through the camera or whatever and the edit too. Uh, Yeah. Cool. Cool movie. I don't know. I I, I am fond of it. And I think that it's worth celebrating in his career, Uh, which is, you know, you look at, this body of work and, and think that there's so many connecting factors, but then you go like movie to movie and there's something that separates each one and makes yes. them feel like this is not like the other one, even though it's also totally. in the seventies or this is not like the other one, even though it is a California set period piece about char- really intense characters or whatever. Like they all exactly. have, they all have their own brain to them, which I think is really exciting. And not for nothing, but the one, the other thing, speaking of, you know, him being so good at setting up spaces, where they decide oh, to record yeah. this album is such a huge factor in the film. And you have those little like speed up or excuse me, sped up moments where they're setting up and tearing down mm-hmm. at the to bookend the movie. And you get to see, you know, you don't see them when they're on stage, but so many people's lives are devoted to setting up shit yeah. for artists and then tearing that shit down. And they are truly unsung heroes yeah. of that world because it's not an unskilled thing to have to set that shit up you got to know what you're doing you know so a lot of training and a lot of knowledge goes into how to do that and so and you get to see that in a sped up way and i think it's nigel godrich who like comes into the room at that one point and they're like and he's like man this is a lot of stuff (laughs) (laughs) this is is like a lot of this is like a lot of stuff are we sure this is all gonna work in here and he's like i think it's gonna work and he's like okay okay you know and so it's just that little moment of like I don't know if this is going to work, but we got we we have to try. We don't have any other choice. Yeah. You know, we have to push forward. I mean, uh, it's a really cool little moment. I can only imagine that PTA has felt like that a little bit at some point in his life. You know, like especially during like Boogie Nights or even Hard Eight, where he's like, "Wow, this is, boy, this is the real thing, isn't it? You guys have all this stuff yes. for me, don't you?" And I think it is. I'm sure he relates to the process of recording that album like you, you are making a movie. Like there are crew, there are, there's equipment, there's scheduling. You can't you know dilly dally when the when the electricity runs out. It is kind of a fiasco. There's a bird in the sanctuary. Yes. They got to get it out. Like it's a, it's it, yeah. It's it is a very small tidbit of PTA's I think uh, feelings about production. And obviously, you know, he's one of these directors who, like Nolan or Tarantino, uh, he what he says he wants, he'll get usually pretty much. So yeah. it is very interesting to see him be aware of things having to be pulled out from the ground and made by hands and by people and stuff like that's not just yes. this major Hollywood production or whatever it's it's cool it's cool to get your hands dirty when making stuff and this is a good little portrait of that in a very sincere happy fashion where everyone's like I love like this is like I'd rather not be doing anything else like I'm happy to be making this music yeah it's cool that he literally was like all right you want to get small? Let's get small. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 go to India. Totally. I'm going to go to India for like a month or however long he went there for. Yeah. We are going to do this. It had a movie theatrical or not a movie theatrical. It had a movie online release. Digital release. At the New York yeah. Film Festival. Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't this wasn't a you know 
in theaters thing. And then he kind of does this again. He gets Netflix to give him, oh, yeah. you know, opportunity to do anima and stuff like that, yeah. which is not nearly the, the length that Jonan is, but it's a bigger production. Yeah, definitely. For, you know, for damn sure. So uh, honest, it's interesting how he continues to do shit like that. Honestly, I think he's a coward. Dude. I think PT is a coward. I think he's a coward for not, for not making anima 70 minute long movie. <laughs> And that means we are done. <laughs> that means we are done t- talking about Jonan. But um, I do have, I think I have like three fast facts for you. One of which you kind of already touched on, but sure. anything else? I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah. I was also going to say, I think it's a really great, like punch drunk, love, punch drunk, love after Magnolia. This is a great change of pace from inherent vice, a movie that is yes. built up on details that all speak to each other and are conveying something very ethereal. You know, and there's like so much, it's like a lofty sandcastle, you know, and, um, sure it's, I'm sure after shooting that movie, this was kind of a nice respite of like, I don't want to fucking think about a script. I don't want to think about telling a story other than one that's very simple and real. So yeah, you know, in, in terms of like sensing a spiritual reset for himself, like a really cool thing to do after inherent vice, I think. Do you know, you said Sandcastle, and that always makes me think of that. Um, I'm going to be paraphrasing somebody else's paraphrasing of the quote, so this is a copy of a copy of a copy I here. But do you, do you know about the Robert Altman quote about filmmaking? Um, vaguely. I, I, I'd love to hear your, your multi-layered paraphrase, <laughs> but I, 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 I do kind of know what you're talking about. So the Safi brothers, when they went into the Criterion closet, mentioned this quote, and I've always, it's always stuck with me because I'm like, it's kind of sad, but also kind of beautiful at the same time, and it always kind of made me, it kind of reframed how I thought about it, at least the actual process of filming the film, not necessarily the entire storytelling or the entire process once you get into post, but it made me think about this. He says that... Um, Filmmaking is like building a sandcastle with all your friends, but you know at the end of the day the waves are going to come and take it away, yeah. you know, yeah. which is really beautiful, yeah. the idea you get all your friends together and you go to the beach and you build this sandcastle, but the waves are going to come in and crash it down and everything. Not to say that that's like, a, like an evil or a bad thing. It's just once you put that movie out in the world, it's kind of no longer yours, yeah. you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. And so to do something so simple and so straightforward, you're right, after doing – uh, inherent vice, which is so sticky mm-hmm. and so like just it's like that overhead shot of the freeway where all the roads yeah. are going over and over and over each other. It's just mm-hmm. like that kind of hurts to look at it for a certain point if you look at it for too long. So yeah, a great little spiritual reset here for our for our boy. Yeah, it's I mean also I think with inherent vice, the master and this movie, I think that ethos is clearer more than ever with pta's work he's very yes like i think he's very understanding of that sensation i mean like the master and inherent vice literally could like have the like the ocean and sand castles and this sensation of like time is going to end everything eventually and yes um yeah i think he embodies that very well and i think it's really cool that he bothered to live it himself you know bothered to take some of his own advice or from his from his master mr altman and uh and just kind of do do the thing um no he did the damn thing he did the damn thing no i had to pee so bad oh you go pee all right i'll do fast facts all right enjoy keep your keep your stuff recording okay cool rocky's gone and that means the cats will play junun 
documents the making of the album, Jonun, in Merang Fuck. Mehrangar Fort, Mehrangar Fort, I believe is how you say that, in Rajasthan, India, by Israeli composer Shai Benzer, English composer and Radiohead guitarist Johnny Greenwood, Indian ensemble The Rajasthan Express, and radio producer, uh, Radiohead producer Nigel Godrich. It premiered at the 2015 New York Film Festival and was released on Movie, the streaming service, October 9th, 2015, which is seven days from when we are recording this podcast right now and was released on iTunes on November 20th, 2015. According to an interview at the New York Film Festival, PTA states that it was Johnny Greenwood's wife who initially got him excited about this idea. She was instrument interested in the instrument being used in some Israeli recordings that she was listening to, which led them to the discovery of Shai Benzer. And Junan marks the PTA's first documentary and first foray into professional digital filmmaking, as we mentioned before. This was filmed at the Mehrangar Fort in Rajasthan, India, and much of the documentary crew's professional equipment was held by customs, forcing them to shoot entirely with carry-on consumer-grade digital cameras and rental equipment from India. Anderson used Godrich's drone to capture aerial footage of the fort. Anderson would reference this in his acceptance speech at the 2015 Independent Spirit Awards when he told the audience not to patronize the event's sponsor, American Airlines, because they will, quote, lose your fucking luggage. I'm serious. It happened to me. Um, something that uh, made me, that something that reading that fact made me think of is if they already had these consumer grade uh, cameras at the ready, it would seem that his original intention would maybe to have been mixing the like cinema camera footage mm. with the like low down yeah. like professional digital stuff, which would have been a very interesting mix as well. I would be very curious oh, to see maybe what, or talk to him about what those initial anticipation, you know, steps were about how he was going to do that. But what we have still is very good and works or as an adjustment. It probably would have felt a little bit more like the cast recording of Company, honestly. You probably would have yes. had a little more of that, like, super electric energy or whatever. But, uh, I mean, also, you know, I, I don't know this for fact, obviously. But, like, if he was to have all this film equipment, would he have, like, a PA with him and, like, another camera operator and stuff? Like, how, like, I don't know how many people were even shooting with him during this. I guess I have to look at the credits. But it is good that it's as small as possible in, in hindsight, I think. And now... Oh, fuck this! <laughs> we are gonna do our favorite part, your favorite part of the show, actually, Rocky. I think this is your favorite part. Um, specifically, a few of these categories I know is your, the thing you look forward to every week the most. He had four camera uh, we're gonna operators. Do... One of them was Nigel Godrich. Got... Shout out to Nigel Godrich. I wasn't even like doing the music. He was just hanging with the camera. I'm so sorry. He was just hanging with the camera. He was hanging with the boys. I'm so sorry. What are you saying? I'm so sorry. I was saying. Yeah, a promise. Oh, fuck this! <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do the we're gonna do the the awards now because that's your favorite part of the whole show. Specifically, a couple awards that you uh, really really like. Okay. Uh, Rocky, my friend, my little friend. Hey. What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene, I think, has to be the scene where they go to the the market in uh, in town. And you also hear the the, the music kind of devolves from a ensemble piece into just Johnny Greenwood's MIDI drums. And then you kind of hear the music shifting into the actual track a little bit. 
And then you see the guys on motorcycles going into these small stores and getting equipment and retuning a um, harmonium. That is like genuine ASMR to me. Like I was just really loving every feeling and sensation that was going on during that from just like having like the like unzipping the bag removing the thing taking the battery plate off and clopping the new yeah. batteries in hammering the the metal and the nails onto the harmonium just to like get it in tune and stuff like I, that is pure like tactile equipment stuff that i just i, I really really like to see and um yeah i don't know i really like that scene i think it's a cool change of pace and also still in line with like the story at hand Genuine ASMR. Genuine. My saddle. Fam. <laughs> My John. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. That was so funny. <laughs> uh, my favorite scene is probably that opening jam and that's that with that circular shot. Yeah. Um it's it's a really strong way to start off the thing. It sets the tone immediately. Sets the vibe. You get a little introduction to everyone that's going to be kind of part of the story, more or less. A few people come in and out afterwards, but that little moment really sets the tone nicely for what the vibe is that you're going to be experiencing. And, you know, you kind of know immediately if it's going to be for you or not the next 45 minutes or whatever exactly. are going to be for you. And if, 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 if you like it, you're going to have a good time. If not, Mike can as well just turn it off there. But so long. that's probably see you, that's probably see you at Liquor's Pizza. So long. So long. Farewell. Give me little uh give me a little baby kiss. That's exactly what they give say. Me a, give me a little baby kiss, right? He's climbing in your window, he's matching your people off. Alright. Uh, <laughs> it is such a shoddy bar. That's like <laughs> you feel the song like as like slip and then get back onto the rhythm. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's also a stinker move for me to only play that part like of it. it. Um what's your favorite shot, Mr. Man? My favorite shot is your, <laughs> Mr. your favorite Man. scene. Yeah, first of all, Mr. Man? Who am, Sorry. Who am I? Amy Man's <laughs> husband? Who are you? Amy Man's uh, brother? Because I am. <laughs> who, who am I? Amy Man's uncle? Because it happened to me once. This is my white stepsister, Amy Man. <laughs> This is my best friend and white stepsister, Amy <laughs> Man. She's cool as fuck. She actually is cool as fuck, though. Yeah, she's cool as shit. Um, yeah. yeah, my favorite shot is your favorite scene. So it's the opening. That's so good. Then, my favorite shot is anytime the drone uh, raises up on you, see all the little houses mm-hmm. outside of the fortress uh, in India. It gives you a larger context to where they are and the setting and the place where they are, as opposed to where those other people are down below, mm-hmm. you know, gives you a really, really nice context for the setting. So that's probably, those are my favorite shots. I also like the shot where the guy was feeding the birds. I also like all the birds. Then I gave, uh, gave them a little baby kiss. It's, uh, you can ask Mason and Thomas, but the evil kiss is real. <laughs> you can ask them about it. Uh, what's your What's your favorite line? Which we have the same favorite line, but you can go ahead and read Should it. Should we say it in unison? Um. Yeah. Let's do that. Ready? Three, two, one. Two, one. India Today has failed. No power. Like okay. You started a little say. earlier than I did. <laughs> you started a little earlier than I did. That's okay. You You read it. You read right, it. Fine. You read it. India has failed. Like we always say, everything is possible in India. No toilet. No shower. But full power, twenty four hour. I think that was the line that I 
Oh, so we literally broke it up because then there's the second half of the line, which is today is no power. The electric is not here. We are waiting for electric, but we have energy. We have full power relaxing. Yes, bro. Yeah, that guy's that guy's the best. So combined with our forces, we have the entire line because that is the direct first half that you said and mine's the second. No, half. I love that for us. It's sort of a little perfect most moment. I like it. It's sort of maybe we can play this one. To school, back to school, to prove to dad that I'm not a fool. To prove to podcast listener that we are not fools. It's true. We're not. Uh, it's just a really beautiful sentiment yeah. that he talks about Definitely. in that moment. And that is the moment where I went, that man has a very beautiful relationship uh, with work and rest. Yeah. And it doesn't self-flagellate for being like, why didn't I get anything done today? Which is my current biggest <laughs> thing that I <laughs> get mad at myself I, for. So I feel really felt nice to hear that. Yeah, I agree. And also it is kind of great that PTA contextualizes it like that. He kind of like then like that kind of paints the yeah. rest of the work ethic for the whole piece, which is like, you know, like we're not, you know, while making a movie is very important and intense mm-hmm. or whatever. And even making an album is, has, a lot of things that have to go through for it to uh, be done properly or whatever. There is a, there's a good, there's a spirit going through all these people and this group that I think is not stressful in the slightest, which is really cool. It's really nice. It's really nice. They have a good perspective about it. Mm-hmm. And we love them for that. Yes, we do. Rocky kind of a weird thing to ask for this one, but what's your best musical moment? Um, I do think it was when the music kind of so slowly fades into just Johnny Greenwood's MIDI drums. Um, but there's also, God, anytime there's a horn solo in this thing, I think is really exciting. And also there's a, a moment in the trailer you can probably see, or even on the IMDb page where like, there's a guy sitting and he's like kind of clapping and pointing. He's like trying to create the, the subdivisions of some of the chanting in the mu- in, in the music like that yes and i i have this guy coming up later actually i'm glad you brought yeah him up. that guy's sick also and I, I love when he's like he's conducting basically and he's kind of conducting the way i've heard pta described as conducting like table reads and stuff where he's like pointing and kind of really getting into the emotion of it and stuff whoa yeah um if you have not heard paul F. Tompkins talk about being in magnolia i highly recommend it to the viewers at but yes, go on. Speaking of speaking of PFT, <gasps> fuck this! <laughs> God is ass. Oh, that sound. I've had it. <laughs> you said this would eat up time. I love that. I love oh, that clip man. so much, dude. Yeah. It is so fucking funny. Um, yeah, my my best musical. <laughs> Don't talk while I'm talking, please. Okay. Uh, <laughs> never ever again. Okay. For fuck's sake! <laughs> and then we do it here, and I'm like, you said this would eat up time! <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can talk whenever you want. There's not what I'm talking. Um, I like the, in terms of the film itself, I like the final conducted performance with the title drop into the credits mm-hmm. as that becomes in-world music and then movie soundtrack. It goes from what I guess would be diegetic to non-diegetic if you want to get technical about it. I thought that was a really nice little moment because it, you don't expect it. Yeah. I didn't expect it. Honestly, it's a nice little unexpected movie moment, so I'll give it to that. It's smart. I think it's good. 
It's smart. You think it's good. And now we get to give the Luis Guzman Humanitarian Award for the most underrated element. Rocky, what are you giving yours to? I guess Johnny Greenwood. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, that's, a, that's a good answer. I, I will say I love watching that guy perform. And so it is really cool. Like this, like it's like it's like six percent of this movie. And um, it is just seeing him like hunched over at his guitar with his fucking hair draped over his face. And he's just kind of like rocking back and forth as he's like playing along with the other musicians or to like to himself or like like writing a riff to himself or whatever. Um, that's almost an invaluable documentation in itself because of the music that he made for the master and there will be blood. It's like almost like totemic to think like this is like how this guy creates his music. Although he's not doing it to visual, obviously that would be in itself a very interesting thing to see. Um, I love watching Johnny Greenwood perform and clearly PTA does as well. Clearly the man, the man works, uh, worked with the, uh, worked with the shit out of him. It's true. It's so true. Giving my co-Luis Guzman Humanitarian Award to the guy wearing headphones who's really into clapping, yep. who I think you brought up already. That guy's awesome. And then the sped-up breakdown and set-up segments, as I mentioned before. Yeah, the, I think they're, they happen twice, and they're cool to see. That gives you more context to the overall The time process. lapses, yeah, I agree. They're, they're very well done. Um, yeah, I don't know. Everyone, the singers are also really interesting, um, like the, the the female singers who come in and. Uh, oh yeah, for that one section. Yeah, one of the, it's like it's like a nighttime scene. I think that part's really cool too. But yeah. And now for your your specifically Rocky, your favorite part of the whole show, character most likely to say, "Yup." <laughs> is it not? This is such a this is such a bad category for for yeah. this movie in particular. It, but we have to do is it. Is it not not to Lal Solanki? Uh, I didn't give him this one specifically, but he does come up later for me. I gave it to the there's a guy at one point who's chanting uh-huh. along to a guy playing the flute. OK, yeah. And I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to that guy, okay. even though there's no reason, really. I just looked at him and went, that's a guy who would go. Yup. Yep. OK. Yeah, I give him a give not to La Solanke, uh the the most the or excuse me, the person who's would say swag or swag 9,000 because that's basically to me what he says anyway yeah. when he gives the line of the film. That's true. I'd give it to Nigel Godrich. That's interesting because I give Yikey uh-oh to <laughs> Nigel Godrich. Who do you give that one to? Paul Thomas Anderson. No, you're not being real to me. <laughs> Sorry, I also I'm not give being not real to... right now. You're being a fucker. Um, you're not taking this part seriously, which is the most important part of the show. Um, the character most likely to watch Family Guy is also not too all Solanke. Yeah. He would love Family oh, yeah, Guy. Definitely. He would love to smoke a spliff and watch uh, Brian and Stewie go on like a road to Rupert adventure. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, any one of those road to, you know. Yeah. It's good. Do you also give that award to him? <laughs> yes, I would know. <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, what is the most PTA, P-A-R-T of this whole damn thing to you? Shit. Um, Shit, fuck. I don't know, man. There's a harmonium in this movie. There you go. That's good. Yeah, I think that's just kind of a, a cute little nod, if anything. And coincidence, obviously, but still. A bit of a coincidence, love. A bit of a coincidence, ain't it? A bit mental, ain't it? Oi! Uh, Are you I'm having a it doft? To... I'm going to give it to the opening jam, that 360 shot. Yeah. There's something 
they're reminiscent in the Boogie Nights mm. uh, about that in the little 360 shot that happens in that movie. So if I was I'll some, give it to that. And then if I was some like weasel brained white 23 year old video essayist, I would probably cut that 360 shot with the shot in Boogie Nights where um, you're in Donnie. Uh, Eddie, Adam, Eddie? Eddie Adams' uh, bedroom, right? And they do a 360 shot there. If I was some, you know, weasel brained, scrawny, 23 year old white video yeah. essayist, I'd probably do something like that. And not some freshly 28 Filipino man living in Los Angeles? No, by all means, no. I go, God, God, yeah. God willing. Yeah, that's true. I agree with you that you would not do that. Um, for the PTA P, uh, ranking scale, I am actually going to say that this is out of competition because it doesn't <gasps> really fit with the it's 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 just different. I mean, I like this movie quite a bit, but I'm not going to put it on the ranking. Sir, scale. are you telling me that this is simply built different? Sir, I am reporting to you live from the scene that this is fucking built different. Well, all right. Fine. I cur- Okay, I, fine. I currently have it at 8 above hard eight in licorice pizza. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I respect that. I will keep it out of competition. It's like when something screens the Cannes film festival, but it's not part of the actual competition. Sure. Like Shrek two. No, Shrek two might've been in competition. <laughs> honestly. Why won't you put my movie <laughs> in competition at Cannes Film Festival? Who, huh? who the hell is this Ruben Austin fella? Who does he think he is? Why can't I hang out with Lars von Trier? <laughs> Why can't I see an advanced screening of Dogville? How come this dog that dumb Todd Field think he can come back in here after such a long hiatus? I think he can make one of the best dang done movies ever done made. Why can't Paul Schrader get on another another social media other than Facebook? Why did he t- start talking about woke cancel culture today on his Facebook? Cinephile Cajun. This, this, the cinephile, <laughs> the Cajun cinephile. Oh my god. The Cajun cinephile. That is that's unfortunately a new character. Man, people be watching Tar, dude. People be watching Tar, including me and Grant Crater. Um, I'm gonna give the MVP to the music and all the different instruments used. That is obviously the reason why this fucking thing exists in the first place is to emphasize the music and the creative process revolving around this music. So. All those instruments, so cool to see instruments that you wouldn't normally see as an American in live and in flesh. There's some amazing string instruments in this movie that you just never get to see in America. So that's dope as fuck to me. And the music's brilliant. So that's what gets my MVP. What about you? Okay. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Uh, shouts out my MVP. This is a this is a, a left field one. Uh, Jesus. It's, it's editor Andy Jurgensen. No, that's a great pick. I, I legitimately that is a great pick. Thanks, buddy. But yeah, uh, the guy was the first assistant editor on Inherent Vice and Bad Boys for Life and Phantom Thread, and um, this seemed like a cool little way for them to collaborate before he becomes full time editor on Licorice Pizza. Yeah, and he this this is kind of his go to guy for music stuff. Yeah, exactly. Leading up to Licorice Pizza too, because he does all he did Heim Valentine, and I think he does a lot of the the music video stuff with Radiohead moving moving forward. Yeah. Yes, good stuff. So great pick, genuinely great pick. Thanks, buddy. 
even though I know you don't like <laughs> thinking about which person in Junin would watch Family Guy, I'm glad you like thinking about who the MVP no, for Junin is. I like doing that. I'm sorry. I actually like it. No, you're, you don't have to like it. It's okay. But you have to like this next part, Rocky. Okay. Because for the last couple episodes of this uh, series, I've omitted that final segment that we would normally do, and I would, normally we would end the show right here. Yeah, I thought that was but a great But I knew idea. that this conversation— What? So we're going to have you play a game. Okay, fine. You ready for this game? Yeah, let's do it. You ready? Mm-hmm. This, because this is a music-based documentary, we are going to play Name That Tune. Okay. All of these songs have been featured in PTA films, some of which we have not covered. All wow. films are on the table for wow. this. Okay. Okay. You have possibility of getting three points for each, and there are ten questions, okay? If you can name the song, the artist, and what movie it was featured in, you can get up to three points. You don't have to get all three to get credit, but you can earn up to three. Does that make sense? Okay. Are you ready, Chef? I'm ready. I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm I'm ready. I'm going to play you little clips of each song. That makes sense. And then you, yeah, that's how that's how it's gonna okay, work. That makes sense. Ready? Yeah. Okay. And here we go. First one. You gave me love in okay. I believe this. Okay. I believe the song is from Licorice Pizza. Okay. I believe this song is called "Let Me Roll It." Okay. I believe it is. Oh, this is the hard part here because there's so many fucking distinctions. I think this is by Wings. Rocky, you are three for three. Fucking that man. song is called Let Me Roll It by. I would have accepted if you had said Paul okay, McCartney thank you. and Wings. Gotcha. Either way. Gotcha. I would have accepted that either way. So Let Me Roll It by Paul McCartney and Wings from Licorice Pizza. Rocky, that's three points. Shit, man. Congrats. Thank you. Off to a hot fucking start. I know, right? Let's see. Let's see how we can do. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready for this next Let's one? Do it. All right, here we go. Next one. That's a super tramp song. Okay. Is that from Magnolia? Is that your final answer? Yes, it is. Okay. And I, mm, I'm not, I'm not looking up anything. Um, Hand check. I'm not looking up anything. Check my sleeves. I've only got sick tattoos. (laughs) I've only got, I've only got Ed Hardy type shit up there. Okay. (laughs) I've got Elisa Frank on my left shoulder blade. (laughs) I've got, I've got Johnny Ryan on the other hand. Okay. You know what I'm doing. And a Don Hirschfeld right above my ass. (laughs) Um, Need that song I name know, for credit. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, is it called <sighs> Electrical? <laughs> Final answer. Yeah, I guess so. You got two out of three. Son of a bitch! You got two out of All three. Right, it is Super Tramp. It is from Magnolia. Awesome. It's called the Logical Song. It's something a Cole. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Because there's two Super Tramp songs featured in Magnolia. Obviously, Goodbye Stranger yeah. being sort of the 
the big one that everyone knows because mm-hmm. it's used in a very bombastic way. But that song is also featured in that. Yes, movie. that that does sound familiar. And I bet Henry Gibson's character went up to the jukebox and put on another Supertramp song. Damn, that would be actually that would actually be rocking as hell. That'd, that'd be some tight shit as fuck, bro. That would actually be some tight shit as fuck, bro. Okay, a po- a podcast hosted by two Whitmer Thomases. Okay, let's go. <laughs> that would be that would be uh, that would be nice and tits as hell for real. <laughs> so that's some good crap. Um, you ready for number three? I'm ready, baby. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'll be all alone. I know I shouldn't want to keep you if you don't. I will be honest with you. Last night, got home from a long day for my birthday, and my girlfriend and I were getting ready for bed. And I started playing some Journey to the Past by Neil Young. Let's go. Played What a Wonderful World by Sam Cooke. And I could not remember the artist for this song. And so I said, I said, Alexa, play any day now. And it said, playing any day now by the Zac Brown Band. <laughs> and I was Ugh. like, that's not it. I don't think that's it. Yikes. I think it's like a Chuck something. I don't know if it, I can't. It can't be Chuck Berry. Is it Chuck Berry? I'm going to go with Chuck Berry, and I'll be completely wrong. So it's from Inherent Vice. It's the ending of the movie. It's called Any Day Now, and I think it's by Chuck Berry. Rocky, you are so close to getting three, but I can't give you three because it's by Chuck Jackson. That's fair. Chuck Jackson, my friend. That's fair. But you were you were almost there when you said by a Chuck. I was like, oh, he's gonna, get, gonna get it. Like I was, I thought you were gonna get the full three. But yes, Inherent Vice. It's the final needle drop of Inherent Vice. Uh, any day now by Chuck yeah, Jackson. Good. You're doing really well. Thank you. You're doing really I love well. This game. You're doing good stuff. Thank you. This is this is an extension of my birthday. This is in a way. This is in the way. And once it's over, your birthday's fucking it's done. No okay, more. So I don't want to. I don't want to hear jack shit about it anymore. All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. What I give for just a few moments? What would I give just to have you near? Oh, I'm so fucked. I'm so fucked right now, bro. Uh, I can't. I, I love and smile when the when the Jack Downer character just goes. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <In the car. laughs> yeah. He, that is so. He had cool. a very funny job that whole movie, just kind of being like, um, okay, like, what? Uh, the guy who the guy who wants pussy so bad he breaks the law. Yes, yes bro. Yeah. And honestly, good for him. <laughs> yes. And we've all been there. God, he he's great. I love seeing him and stuff. Um, shouts out. He's good. Shouts out, Kyle Gallner. Um. I think this is what do we think? Though? This is either from Boogie Nights or Licorice Pizza, and I cannot. I want to say, is this the song that plays when Scotty J enters the movie? No way, I guess not. I'm gonna say it's from Licorice Pizza, and I don't know who the artist or what the name of the song is. So you are correct. It's from Licorice Pizza. Woo! But you saying that it is in Boogie Nights, it also might be in Boogie That's Nights. Crazy. And I can't I can't confirm or deny it, but in this moment, it might be. I'll I'll verify it here in just a second. Paul, if that's but true, is, that's illegal. That's Paul Paul Don't do that shit to me. That's a red flag. 
That's a red card, Paul. Slip Away by Clarence Carter is the name of the song. Nice. Okay, that sounds... Great tune. Yeah, sounds Great tune. Yeah, good song. Uh, you ready for this next, uh, this next bitch? I am. I am. All right. Mustn't be kissed, but the moon is low, and I may let go. That is, get thee behind me, Satan, from the master. Played by Ella Fitzgerald? Final answer? No. Nancy, no. Ah, uh, shit. Yeah, this is where it's going to fall apart. I'll take the two out of three, though. Uh, yeah, sure, I'll give it to Ella Fitzgerald. Rocky, you get three out of three. It is Ella Fitzgerald, my man. Come on now, son. You're crumbelievable. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. I felt good about that one. He's climbing your windows. He's snatching your... He's getting Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck you, dude. That was great. You got that one. I... There, when I put this together, there were – never mind. I won't say it. I'll say that at the end. I'll say okay. what I was going to say. Okay. End. But, yeah, you got all three on that one. Congrats. Yes. Thank you. You ready for the for the, the next the next little guy? I'm ready to play. All right. And one second. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Um, I do not know that song, but I'm going to again say it is probably from Boogie Nights or Licorice Pizza. I'm going to go to Boogie Nights for the one point. Locking in final answer. No, you don't want to say anything else. Can I listen to it again? Yes, you can. Thank you. Yes. I'm going to go with Boogie Nights. Okay. Final answer. You get the one point. You get the one point. It is from Boogie Nights. This song was also featured in your second favorite movie of all time, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah! Yes! We get to talk about Marvel on the PTA podcast! Oh my god, I love James Gunn so much. This is Fooled Around and Fell in Love by Elvin Bishop. Yeah. Good. I know I know that song, but I will be honest, I chose a very like I think a hard clip to identify yeah, it as. Yeah. So even if I had heard that clip, I don't know if I would have gotten it just based on the little ten seconds that I played. But it is fooled around and fell in love. Fell in love by Elvin Bishop. A great fucking song, and I don't know if that guy had ever did anything else other than that song. But are you ready for this next guy? Yes I am. Really good pick. Thank you. Here we go. Whiskey and you wanna I don't know the name of that song or who it's by, but that song is great. And that synthesizer is, I think, ingrained in the DNA for Boogie Nights. That's like the, um, it's like a trailer song for that movie, I think. But I do not know. Is is the song called Mama Told Me Not to Come (laughs) or something? Final answer? Yeah, I'll throw that in there, sure. And what from what film? Boogie Nights. You get two on that one. It is called Mama Told Me Not to Come. Unreal. 
from Boogie Nights by Three Dog Night. Ah, I should have guessed that, too, because that's the same synthesizer for Jeremiah was a bullfrog or whatever. Joy to the world. Yeah, Joy to the world. Yeah. You want to know a fun fact about that yes, song? Yes, I do. Written by Randy Newman. Wait, ra- wait, uh, Joy to the world? Or uh, Mama, no, Mama, the, told, Mama told me not to. That's tell. awesome. Cool. Yeah. Randy Newman original on that one, and then they let him. They let him. I think he did the, like he has a recorded version of it, and then Three Dog Night Damn. actually covered it, and that's the more famous version. I would honestly love if Three Dog Night just had Randy Newman as their lead singer. I think that would make things so much better. Yes, I agree. Yeah. All right, number eight. We got this is including this one. We got three more. Are you yeah. ready? All right, here we go. Uh, okay. It's just no good anymore since you went. That's uh, from Magnolia by Amy Mann, featuring John Bryan, I think. Uh, one, originally written by Harry Nilsson. You got it. That's a three-pointer, baby. A swish. And Basketball's being the played reason again. I put those I'm one... excited about that. Go on. I'll be making my uh, debut for the Los Angeles Lakers. This, uh, this Really time. excited for you. <laughs> I'm being, I guess how much I'm being paid per year. $3 million. $69. Guess how many years my contract is. 420. <laughs> Can you play the- I'm being paid $69 <laughs> over 420 Can you play the years. Scott Hockerman clip for me for that one? <laughs> yeah, sure. Fuck this! <laughs> I've had it! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that, Scotty. Uh, <laughs> the reason why I put this one after the Three Dog Night one is because Three Dog Night had the like original famous version of that song. So Right. I'm doing a little doing a little trick. I like here. it. I like ass. it. You're smart. I'm smart. He's smart. I'm fun. Are you ready? Are you ready for number number nine number nine? Number nine, Paul. Are you ready for number nine, Paul? <laughs> yes, I am. John. Okay, here we go, Paul. We're listening to number nine. <laughs> Let me just make sure I have it right here. Okay. Let me actually close that. Thank you. Number nine. Be trouble. My name should be woe. For trouble and haughty is all that I know. Yeah. If my memory serves me well from my favorite TV show family, That's the voice of one Conway Twitty. <laughs> uh, that's from Punch Drunk Love. I think this song is called Lonely Blue Boy. You locking it all locking in? Locking it all in. Rocky, a perfect fucking swish on that one, my <sighs> man. I genuinely wouldn't have gotten that Damn. one if this was reversed. Yeah. Because I wouldn't. I didn't know it was fucking Conway Twitty until yesterday when I was putting this together. Yeah. And... I couldn't have told you the name of the song, and I probably wouldn't have been able to identify it was from PDL sure. because of how they distorted it, it in that film. It is uh, edited like it is playing diegetically, yeah. So it's like hard yes. to actually clock the song. It is really hard to. But you crushed that. Yeah, thank you. That that just goes to show how much my brain had been used for <laughs> these these <laughs> stupid pieces of information. <laughs> no, you fucking bodied that Thanks, one. Bro. That was thank great. Uh, and now for the last one. This is the number ten. All right. Are you ready? I think so. 
All right, let me just make sure I know what I'm doing. Okay, here we go. Last one. Shit. I know that's from Boogie Nights. That's when little Bill goes to get the gun. But I can't... I can't figure out what that song is called or who it's by. Locking all that in. Locking all that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, in fact, from Boogie Nights. You are correct. It's during that moment. It's called Do Your Thing. They say it throughout the song. Do your thing. Yes, 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 yes. By Charles Wright and the 103rd Street Rhythm. I'm adding that to my October playlist right now. It's a fucking banger. Yeah, that the, when the the music kind of quiets down, in particular in that moment, it is so exciting and cool, and it's used really well. It actually makes me want to watch Boogie Nights again. I, you know, honestly, this whole podcast made me realize just how amazing that movie actually is. Like, it's it's yeah, it's pretty it's incredible. Not a fluke. That movie is just so special. Let me add up your total here, if you are curious to I, know what you got. You got three plus two. Plus two, plus one, plus three, plus one, <laughs> plus two, you got this, bro. Plus three, plus three. Hey, you, like, you want to play mini golf? Plus one. Twenty-one. You got twenty-one out of thirty. That's my number. My dad's birthday. That's your fucking number. Fucking can I? Number. Hey, so listen. Can I have your can number? Have your number? <laughs> can I have it? It's twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> My number is twenty-one on the PTA. What song is this fucker scale? Yes. Rocky did really well. Congratulations. You. you got at least one point for everything. Not a perfect score. Well, let's see how the guy who runs cigarettes and red vines holds up. <laughs> <laughs> you want me? Should we get him on here and figure that yeah, out? Yeah, sure. I was trying to think like him. who else would even like qualify in this game i guess i'm like trying to think that we know well i think like i don't know if our friend thomas s has seen enough of the pta films but i he could definitely identify some songs and mason probably could that's that's true yeah he probably could he did really well on the my favorite podcast trivia episode especially on the song that's true i think he would actually he would actually probably do really well on that game so when he when he listens mason tell us your score when you listen to this he's got a steel trap up there as far as i can tell a trapper keeper of a man. <laughs> I like that. Am I even allowed to say that? Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice cog. Nice cog. Rocky, another beautiful episode in the books. Thank you for joining me on your birthday. It's not your birthday eve. Well, they, need, they need a term for the day after. The day after the Christmas, holiday. the day after you know Halloween, Hanukkah, so on and so forth. Yes. I agree. I agree. They need something for that. But your birthday day after, thank you for joining of me. Of course. Being a sport as always. Thank you for being. Get those fucking plugs Thank you off. for being a dear friend and um, being a part of my birthday yesterday. That was very nice of you. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, Everything Now Show on Twitch at twitch.tv slash everything now show. We're an interactive live comedy show where you can play with the performers and affect the story and whatnot we do it every monday and thursday at 8 p.m pacific we do it every saturday at 6 p.m pacific and um we're we're going strong it's really fun um we might get james adomian on soon <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> that would be fucking That'd be crazy um 
you can follow me on Letterboxd at Ronky, R-O-N-C-K-Y. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm not really on it that much, but I occasionally will tweet some bangers. Uh, always, no matter the number below the words, uh, it's always a banger with me, unfortunately. Uh, you can follow me at Rocky Pajarito there. And then on Instagram, I am the Lawn Wrangler. And also, if you haven't seen me on Flores Lava yet, go watch episode four, season three of Flores Lava. You can see me be a silly man. Who's the leader of the show that's good for you and me? R-O-N-C-K-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Ronky Mouse, that's me. Whenever you say R-O-N-C-K-Y, I actually have to curb myself from saying M-O-U-S-E. It sucks. Wow. I'm happy for you that you get to do that. Uh, you can do that. And I've, 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 I've done it one time on the show, and it was really a beautiful moment. Um, and I, I'm doing it It's now. beautiful. It's beautiful again. <laughs> it's beautiful again. I'm doing it now. You can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at MyFavePod for updates about what the hell's going on on this show. And you can follow me on Twitter at Noah Marger and Instagram at Noah underscore Marger to see what's going on with me. Dates and such when those come up for performances. If I'm going to be out and about causing problems <laughs> in your life, you could probably find it there. Uh... Thank you again for listening to the show. I haven't said it in a while, so I'll say it now. If anyone listening has a connection to Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> and is able to get him on the show. Now more than ever. DM me. Let's make it happen. We do the show Let's via make- Zoom. He doesn't even have to come over to anyone's house. We can just send him a Zoom link. Let's make the most contentious licorice pizza episode possible. No, not the reason why I wanted to go on the show. It would be an additional fun bonus episode for everyone. That's what it would be. It would be awesome. It'd be cool. He's not allowed on the licorice pizza episode, except it would be kind of cool to ask him some questions about the licorice pizza movie. Maybe yeah, for chance. yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, but if anyone has a connection to that man, uh, DM me, because that would be a fucking unbelievable dead eyes type moment to be able to get Could him on you, this show we would we are so undeserving <laughs> i really <laughs> hope it happens i really hope it happens it would literally be such a miracle if it were to happen yeah. there's no way in hell it will but a boy it would be dream. borderline borderline unfair for that to happen to us <laughs> it would be somehow criminal if we were able to pull it off yeah we would have yeah, to get yeah. audited and fucking you know looked into by the nsa or something like it's, that it's it's true but i also want it to happen so please yeah. do your work out there people yeah legitimately if it doesn't happen i'm gonna be mad at most of you so <laughs> putting such an unfair expectation on the yeah. audience right now yeah uh but legitimately thank you for listening if you listen thank you for listening every week if you listen every week thank you for tuning in this week you will catch us next week rocking our best fits for phantom thread let's do it yep i'm so excited what the fuck oh that's embarrassing no are you kidding me play the scott sound again please (laughs) play this guy here we go this sucks why isn't it playing oh fuck this (laughs) (laughs) i've had it Okay, I don't know why the outro's not playing. That's actually... We'll do that. We'll do it the, the old-fashioned way. There we go. Okay. It's not normally how I have to do it. Normally, I can do it the short that way. That is actually annoying to me.
Nice car. Okay, bye.